Hi folks, this is Buck, and I just wanted to let you know that this is episode 101 in which we interview Mr. Chris True of the New Movement Theater. They've got a Kickstarter going right now to expand the New Movement into a better space and renovate it. Now, because we had to air this episode after the 100th episode, for obvious reasons, there are now less days in which the Kickstarter is open. So if you're interested in helping comedy in New Orleans, please go and donate. And also, um, just as an aside, I want to remind everyone that on June 13th, which is next Friday, uh, there will be a benefit concert at the Twist of Lime for Mr. Jeremy Young. That's the guy who owned the hangar and uh, unfortunately died a couple of weeks ago. So... Uh, all the benefits go to his family, so please, if you're in New Orleans on June 13th, next Friday, go ahead and check it out. And with that in mind, please enjoy the show. But take from them everything! Michelle Masters, adult film star extraordinaire, and I absolutely love MHOG podcast and listening to these hilarious guys. And welcome back to the MHOG podcast, the only podcast that says... No is always yes. I'm your host, Wayne. Really? Yes, that's right. I'm your host, Wayne, and sitting next that, to me That is... explains why I had to leave here last night. You did. <laughs> I'm the one, the only, the legendary Cuddle Bear. That's right. And, and I'm the rum guy. And, and he's the rum guy. Yeah. And tonight, on Sunday, tonight. Sunday, Sunday, on a special Sunday. episode of the MHOG Podcast, yes. we have Mr. Chris True. That's me. What's happening? That's my intro music. <laughs> yes. Do, 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 do. Ah, true. His name is True. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mr. Chris True is part of, or uh, one of the, along with his wife, correct? Uh, co-owner of the New Movement Theater. That is correct. Um, Very cool. And you have a Kickstarter out currently. Yeah, so we are, it's a comedy theater with locations in Austin and New Orleans, and we have outgrown our first New Orleans theater, so we went and got a bigger one, and now we want to make it uh, extremely badass, and so we are doing some crowdfunding to make that happen, but there's a catch to it, we're not, you know, we're, we're not doing the traditional theater Kickstarter stuff, like help us make our business happen, we're more just trying to sell a lot of what we already sell just in advance, so we're just doing like discounted improv classes, comedy show tickets, comedy festival passes, stuff like that to help us uh, make this dream come true. Oh, that's, that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, now, the new movement started in Austin, correct? Yes, it did. Tammy and I are from New Orleans, but uh, but we started the new movement in Austin. And uh, what made you? I mean, I know y'all are from here, but you know, New Orleans <laughs> has this history of being kind of in a constant indecisiveness as far as comedy. What made you want to bring it? Like, bring the new movement here. He's bringing it back. 
Yeah, well, the the thing for us has always been how can we do what we love in, in, in the place that we love the most. And so from the moment we started T&M in Austin, we knew that the path was taking us back to New Orleans. And we didn't know how exactly, we didn't know when, and it happened faster than we thought it would. But the reason why we why we're pushing so hard in New Orleans is because we just we just really believe in this city as as a comedy destination. You know, there's the past in the past ten, fifteen years, whenever someone got really good in New Orleans, they ended up leaving because there was no one producing consistently good shows here. And so there was uh so if you, if you weren't a producer type, you ended up you ended up just leaving to go and to, you know to, to to go and join a scene that is uh, that's more that that has more producer blood and through it like in Chicago or LA or New York. Right. Right. Okay. Right. right. Um, and, uh, and so we were like, well, we can do that here. So um, so so far so good. You know, there's a there's a lot of very hardworking, very talented people who I don't believe will ever move from New Orleans. Who are all dedicated to making making New Orleans be the next great comedy city. Now, now, where at in New Orleans are we talking is your new location? Well, our new location is on St. Claude Avenue, on uh, St. Okay. Claude and Port. Oh, okay. So, you know, the, that, that whole St. Claude block, or that block, the whole, the whole street is... Um, it's really starting is, to bloom. It's starting to get more stuff there. We are actually talking about yeah. that with Jack Locke uh, last night. Yeah, he's performing at the Always Lounge, I want to say. Or yeah, or yeah, something was, like that, something yeah. Like that. Yeah, so there's a there's a lot of venues now. There's the Hi Ho Lounge where we produce a weekly stand up comedy show called the Nola Comedy Hour. There's Siberia uh, yep. that uh, that has a, has a couple comedy shows there. There's Always Lounge, Shadow Box, Cafe Istanbul, uh, Saturn Bar. There's so many performance venues, and we're excited to throw down with them. Yeah, that's what. Oh, I that's, would... that's awesome that there's that type of variety. Yeah, it's yeah. plenty. It's plenty now. Yeah, that's what I was going to say a second ago. Um, you did. Y'all, uh, you and Tammy did choose a a good time to to try this here over the last few years. That I was telling uh, one of my other uh, co-hosts on a different show, Ashley Rose. I can remember twelve years ago, it, you, like trying to go to a comedy show, and it was at a coffee shop, right. like like basically in a broom closet. Yeah, and there's like three chairs with one <laughs> with one or two people there, and two comics who. They look at the audience who's three feet from them and think, "Where did I go wrong in life?" You know. But now there's, I mean, Wayne and I were just at a comedy show at Bufa's yeah. two nights ago, and it, it there, there's really an cool. actual community here now for y'all. Oh to, yeah. You know, so I mean, if y'all were ever going to try it, you know, now is the time to expand. And if you got a shot, this is it. Do it now, yeah. That's yeah, that's the thing with with business. I mean, it's all about timing. Yeah, you know, it really we, is. We, we feel we feel really good about about the scene right now, and we 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 feel like we played a, a strong part in 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 the renaissance of uh, of the comedy scene here, and we plan on always heightening and continuing. You know, every year that goes by, uh, there will be more stuff that we're doing. You know, we're 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 not only increasing you know the size of our actual venue and the number of shows that we're doing per week. We're also looking to just increase what it increase the value of what it means to do comedy in New Orleans. Right. It's already like three years ago, you couldn't be on stage every night of the week here. And oh, now wow. we're at a point where you could be on stage um, every night of the week, some nights multiple times, if you know the right people. And, and, uh, and that's exciting. 
Yeah, that's yeah. really good, man. I mean, there, there really hasn't been for years anywhere that, you know, like comedians could actually do anything out here mm-hmm. for a long time. Yeah. And, and we're not the first people I want to be. I mean, I'm super proud of what we've done, but I don't, I don't want to make it sound like there was nothing before we came here. Right. The problem no, no. There was, was like just comedy that sports, I remember. I'm sorry? There was like comedy sports, I remember, at one point. Yeah, see, but, but that's a whole that, – that, that whole organization is, is – it's, it's, not, it's not the same vibe of what we're trying to do, you know? Like right. our vibe is much more of a like alternative, much, much more of a punk rock vibe to what we're doing. That's and, awesome. um, and, you know, the, 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 there, there has been communities in the New Orleans comedy scene before – Usually that are that are based around a certain show. The Carrollton Station open mic on Wednesdays is probably the longest running one, and that's an excellent community that will probably never go away. I hope it never does. But there was never a building, you know, or you know, a a, a really just just a well-run business that said, "Hey, this is going to be the nerve center of the comedy scene here." And I think right. that every art scene needs at least one of those mm-hmm. for it to start developing, and so. And so that's what, we're, that's what we're working on. And we've been doing that for the past couple of years at our space in the Marini Triangle. But what we're hoping to do on St. Claude is just to, you know, just to do twice as much, at least twice as much. That'd be great. Um, I have been to one of your shows. I want to say it's the Megaphone show, the one where you take someone's life and you, you do sketches around that. Yes, yes, um, that's it. I've actually often said my, my boss over at BSI, Jason Grizzolis, would be a really <laughs> fun guy to, because he's led such a ridiculous life where he, he worked as a computer programmer for energy. He's been a clown juggling. Now oh, he runs wow. a comic book store. <laughs> Wait, I, I, dude, you think Jason's would be more interesting than what happens to rum? Well, I don't think you can do a uh, perform- like an improv performance around Rum's life because it's too dangerous. Well, that's true. People would have like <laughs> dropping boxes and shit on them, getting run over by trains. Right. The, the worst shit does happen to him. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. It's, I, I'm going to say probably the worst one ever was probably being trapped into a in a uh, stampede of cattle. That, that's well, funny. I, I, would, I don't know I, this I, one. I accept the challenge of having the wrong guy on the megaphone show. I would like to have all of y'all on the megaphone Hell show. Hell yeah, dude! Um, Love to. It'd be well, awesome. the next time Rum's in town, we'll let you know in advance if you if you're really interested. Yeah, we'll come out there, dude. That'd be awesome. I think it'd be, I'd love to see the show. I think I, it'd be great. I feel like we we'd have to warn the audience to bring like I don't know. <laughs> Like, Football like, gear or something, helmets. Like, uh, like, like um, what, what was the comedian's name? The, uh, Gallagher. Gallagher, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Watermelon smashing and shit. sledge yeah. <laughs> I, I can see um, Rum being the Gallagher 3. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling every freaking bump and bruise I've ever had at this point in time. Yeah. Yeah. Walking the, the, I mean, that's what happens when you're 92, dude. So, Chris, what, no, <laughs> what drew you to uh, improv specifically as, as a form of comedy? Well, um, I, I started off doing stand up and I and, you know, like, like like everyone in the history of the world who's ever tried stand up, it it was not it, it was very difficult, not easy um, in the beginning. And once I hit my first wall, I think the thing that I was really looking for was more of a collaboration uh, type of comedy. Mm-hmm. So I started doing a lot of sketch and then just as life went on, I um, I just stumbled upon improv classes because my old dream was to be an actor on like a hidden camera show and i just wanted to do that type of work and i met someone who had done that those things before and then his advice was take improv classes and so for me improv classes just became 
this gateway to get to do. I, I, it was what you had to do to do the other things. And then after I started doing it, I just fell in love with the art form in general. And I haven't pursued any sort of hidden camera work. I'm not really interested in that anymore. But my improv training has absolutely influenced literally everything that I've done since then. Not just not just how I perform, but also how I live life in general. Have, really have you cool. ever been to a, a comedy show? Uh, I mean, you do this for a living. This is, this is your passion. Have you ever been to a, a comedy show that you just know that you're a, you're part of a train wreck ready to happen? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. He's so on I'm, one I'm, now. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big fan of just doing shows wherever, whenever. So I'll go on, I'll go on tours sometimes where, like, like if I'm hosting the Air Sex Championships tour, which is probably one of the more high profile things that I'm uh, that I'm involved Dude, with. Dude, I almost I'll, went to the House of Blues to see that because I was kind of like, "What the hell is that?" <laughs> hey, July first at One Eye Jacks. We're, we're really we're back. All right, July. We got to go to that, dude. I have to see that. The it's air, so much. Do you want to see it or you want to participate? No, in no. It? I just want to like, watch. Yeah, no. I've heard you like. I that. like to watch. <laughs> even even air sex is fun to watch. <laughs> That's about only sex I've been getting anyway. So I'll be on like an air sex tour, which is usually like I I'm very lucky I get to do the show in usually high profile venues like the, like like the equivalent of one eye jacks all over the country. But when I have an off day, I want to do stand up wherever I can. So I'll often end up in like a a show. It's in a bad venue that has a bad producer <laughs> and a crowd that doesn't give a shit and. Those are real fun because then I kind of feel like uh, I, I kind of feel like it's anything goes, and I and I also I don't I don't have any sort of uh, I don't have any reputation in that right. city that I have to worry about, right. and I don't think anyone there will ever um, you know they don't know who I am and I don't know who the hell they are, and so it's times like that where you kind of just say fuck it and yeah. make sure it's I, I try to make sure it's memorable for me at least try yeah. to get something out of it i was gonna say it's it's exactly like when you're in a band because i you know been me and rum have been in several bands and i've i've actually going gone to florida and texas and all these other places and played in front of like three people they don't even know who the hell we are but we wasted all this gas money so i made sure they remembered us we'd always do something that either the venue would never let us back or they would remember who we were. and <laughs> We got three fans out of it, you know? He's never I, allowed I, into a Chili's again. That's right. No, it was Cuckoo's. Uh, Cuckoo's, I'm sorry. It was Cuckoo's. We, we played I went a show to Cuckoo's. a comedy show. Uh, I was invited by my cousin. Now, my cousin, no, this is a strange story. Is, they uh, all deaf. are. <laughs> my, my cousin's deaf, and he went to a deaf school. Uh, and you went, and deaf, you went to a comedy deaf. show. They're all deaf. Um, so I get invited to for a benefit concert, a benefit stand-up kind of comedy type thing for uh, the Deaf Association. It's like, oh, cool, yeah, I'll definitely go to that. I think that'd be great. So, uh, you know, I bought my tickets and everything, and I go in, I go in with them. It was my, uh, my cousin's first time doing stand-up. So he gets up there. Wait, your and deaf here, cousin? I, that's where I'm at. I'm going, what, he's doing stand-up? So, okay, i got to see this, right? <laughs> well, I, I am apparently one of the only people with hearing in this entire thing, literally, the stand-up routine that everybody did was all in sign language. Oh my god, Whoa. that had to be the weirdest. It was the most. It was the most bizarre thing. And what's worse is I didn't get a damn joke. <laughs> I think it's actually really cool though that that, that happened. But yeah, it would kind of suck go, if you go. You know, if you went there and you weren't there. I want to go to something like that and be the most offensive heckler in all of comedy. <laughs> Well, I, I ended up starting laughing because I, you know, my cousin teases me, 
right, and right. I you tease him. him back. So, I mean, we've got that type of relationship. So um, Then he goes off and cries. Every- <laughs> <laughs> but he, you know, sometimes when, when you're hearing impaired, uh, you you still say words, but they don't come out right. You know, I mean, right, they don't yeah, have the yeah, right tone, yeah. you know, intonation and everything. So uh, I, I I was talking to him while he was up on stage, basically doing what you were saying, Adam. I was heckling him, but I was heckling him the way he sounds when he's talking to me. Oh, that's awful. And I love you. Finally, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> and and he's trying. He's he's nervous, but he's doing this thing, and he's got some props, and he's doing some stuff, right? So then I'm I'm heckling him, doing the you're your fanny. I'm doing that whole thing, and he's doing does to me. <laughs> he's flipping and, you off and shit. Yeah, and I don't I think, think Chris wants to be part of this show anymore. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I I already hung up, y'all. He's like, you, you guys are fucked up, man. <laughs> it's like, we're trying anyway, to get a Kickstarter it, off the ground. You're making fun of like deaf, deaf people. people. <laughs> but, no, but what what's funny is they thought I was part of his his. Uh, oh, his you were part. Of, yeah, okay, yeah, you got it. No, you're so just an it asshole. Out okay, but. Uh, no, I thought that was really cool, but it was the most bizarre comedy routine I've ever seen. That and everybody was, you know, they were signing, and he all of a sudden they just start laughing. I'm like, what just happened? I don't get it. <laughs> Chris, have you ever had to perform in front of deaf people before? Uh, I haven't, not that I know of. But at the uh, at the last two AirSex National Championship shows, the ones where all the best people from all over the country uh, come in to compete for the uh, most prestigious title in, in all of sports. <laughs> there has been translators. There, there, there's been sign language mm-hmm. uh, people on stage. Wow, is that a thing now? <laughs> like, Public Enemy performs with translators now. What? Do they really? Yeah, what, what, wasn't it like Voodoo this year or something like that that happened? Uh, no, they were they were at um, oh Jazz Fest. Yeah, maybe it was there, but they, it seems like that's a thing now. Like you had translators for your, or well, someone I, had translators for your. I, I just want to say that you know I like Public Enemy a lot, but that they do not. Seem to be like very jazzy to me. They aren't jazzy at all. (laughs) Jazzy fest. Well, Chris, um, do you have any favorite venues either here or in other cities? Um, Yeah, I got plenty of uh, favorite venues. Um, You know, it kind of depends on exactly what show we're talking about. But but some of the best air sex venues are are just ones that have a a reputation for doing you know for for doing um, alternative things and also very high stages. So it's oh, like, cool. like, like the what Alamo is Draft sex? House. Air sex is exactly what it's like. Air guitar. Yes, but sex. Like pe- people get on stage and they fuck. They they fuck invisible objects or people, and then judges. Well, shit, you two do that out. all the time, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, even even invisible people turn me down. Uh, come on, you gotta have better fantasies, man. I actually, ha- I've only had a couple. I'm one of these weird people that doesn't. He's only have had sex a couple of uh, invisible people turn him down. No, it's true. I, I've only had a couple of sex dreams. I'm just weird like that. The two or three sex dreams I've had do not end with me orgasming. The at the end of like like the women always like go for someone else at the end of it. Like it gets all hot. <laughs> Like, like they get off you and they leave? No, they like it gets like all hot and then the girl's like, you know what, I don't want to fuck you and goes and fucks someone it's like, else. It's like he's at a strip club. <laughs> I was seriously fucked up subconscious. <laughs> wow. That so so with awesome. this uh, Chris, with this venue you you guys are doing, what is your uh what do you what is your time frame you think? Like how oh, how oh, much oh, how oh, much oh, left oh, you'll have left on the Kickstarter is what I'm asking. Like got you. yeah. So as of um, as of tonight, Sunday night, we have uh, exactly two weeks. Two weeks. Okay. Are you even close? 
just asking. Um, yeah, we are we are close. It's um, I think the last time I checked, it was uh, the, the the percentage wise, it's like thirty five, thirty six percent. Oh, that's pretty um, good. Okay. Which uh, good. It, yeah, we we, we I, I've done Kickstarters before. I'm a I'm a big fan, a big believer of, of the Kickstarter. Oh, yeah. um, uh, method. I, I back a ton of projects. I, sometimes I'll just scan Kickstarter and just contribute to things that I think look cool. We'll and let I, you know when the get out of late most Kickstarter of these projects starts up. Don't get funded until like the, a few days before because most people are waiting to the end to see how much they need. You know. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You, that's what happened with uh, a couple of our friends who had the uh, comic book Kickstarters and. You know, they all they all got them funded towards the end. It's like everybody once that last few days they started throwing in big you know big donations. So it's do really you, good. Do you feel like New Orleans is a good community for crowdfunding, or is it like you have to reach out to a larger audience? I think that New Orleans is great for it. It's um, I I do wish that there was a little bit more of. Well, let me rephrase that. I think it's potentially great for it. I've seen it be awesome. I've seen it not be as awesome. I uh, I wish that there was a little bit more of a community around it. Uh, right. But but not not to say there is none right now. It's just um, it's just you know there it, it it could be a little bit better. Like 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 for example with our Kickstarter, if everyone who has seen a show at our theater or who has um, heard of us. Or to kick in like ten bucks, which which a reward for ten bucks gets you four tickets to a show, which is which is which would be twenty bucks. If everyone would do that, then we would have hit this goal already. I think. Um, okay. Uh, so I think there's a little bit of, um, but Kickstarter still has that. It still has a little bit of that. Uh, I, th- I think I think some people think that it's a it's a negative thing. Yeah, um, it, it has does a lot of people do say that. They're yeah, like, which is unfortunate. But you know, I, I'm a real big fan of the way that we've structured ours because it's all goods and services. You know, we're not we're not putting nameplates in the back of chairs. We're not naming our bathroom or green room after you. We're we're just we just want you to buy the things that we already sell. Just buy a bunch of them now so that we can use the money now. Well, that, that's right. basically it. I do have to say, if you do happen to name a toilet after the rum guy. <laughs> I absolutely will contribute money to. This. Yeah, dude, I, I, name a toy after us. It'd be great. That'd be that'd be one of the best things in the world. Is it a toy or toilet? Toilet. A toilet. Why would you name a toilet after me? Because somebody wants to use the rum guy. That's right. <laughs> oh, that's right. Come on, rum guy. You know, you know, you know what it's like. That's right, rum. Oh. You know, you know what's going on, man. You know how people like to sit on your face. Uh, <laughs> So there's my air sex. Uh, air sex, yeah. You're the toilet. Once your Kickstarter is successful and you and you created the new new movement theater, that's right. What what do you think is the next goal for you? Like you know, a couple years down the line. Well, our game plan is to you know it, it, the, the number one priority really is to provide the the biggest best possible theater and comedy scene for New Orleans as well as Austin. So. Our our goals for heightening from here is uh, to utilize the theater to to create more video content, and we're gonna have a podcast recording booth in the nice. new theater. And we're uh, this summer we're actually we haven't talked about this a whole lot. This is kind of a scoop, sort of. Sweet. But we we are going to be releasing a uh, basically a comedy website later on this summer. That's I mean it sounds simple, but but basically it's it's 
as opposed to all of our students and performers all coming up with their own ideas to, and having to do their own web development and maintain all that, we're basically starting a comedy publication that will live online that will be integrated with our site. And um, so people will be able to write content for it and automatically be able to tell where their next show is on that same page. So think of it like a college humor or, um, or the onion or Huffington post that is specifically for the new Orleans and Austin comedy scene. That's really cool. That's really cool. Nice. Yeah. So, so stuff like that, you know, just, just overall increasing the value of what it means to be a comedian involved with the new movement. Nice. Okay. Um, what's it, uh, what's it like working with your wife? Oh, it's easy. It's, I mean, this, this is, this is how we met, you know, so this isn't like a, um, we didn't, you know, we, we met in doing comedy together and we, we worked together, uh, so much. It's super easy. I, I get asked that. I mean, we both get asked that question a lot, but I, <laughs> I really don't think there's any, it's, it's, I, I can't imagine. There's no downside it, to it. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's no downside. I mean, like we, we work from home sitting across from each other and we just do whatever we want, whenever we want. It's right. pretty awesome. Yeah. It's a little See, different I, than, than working I've in like my a wife. corporation. I've worked or something. with my wife for many, many years, you know, except for right now we had, uh, we had businesses together. So I was with her side by side for the past, Jesus, 40, 12 years, years, 48 years. Nice. So, like so I mean, it, it, it's been fun, you know, and, and it, that type of relationship, I mean, you got to be, you got to be great friends on top of everything else. You know, it's, it's, you've got to be best friends when you're, when you're working side by side. Yeah. And that's how it started. So it's, so it certainly makes that easier. Yeah. My, my wife is sitting next to me. His, his name is Adam. <laughs> Sometimes it feels that way. Yeah, it does. I took, a, I took the, there was this like MTV Europe, uh, edition, like, uh, extension for Facebook that gauges who you're most most compatible with you can do out of all your out of female. all your facebook friends and wayne is like number one yeah <laughs> i'm like <laughs> i'm like god it feels like we're married some days oh. that's what's really weird <laughs> and what's weird is like we're you know we cheat on each other with rum <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, it, you, uh, <laughs> no it is weird it's when, an open relationship when, when rum's <laughs> When Rome's in town, you're definitely the married couple in this. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> the that's old married couple. Yeah, we, we actually went shopping together. That we was did. Weird. It was so wonderful. And we <laughs> we had a nice we had a nice lunch on the North Shore. Yes, burgers and shakes. It was beautiful. But anyway, <laughs> uh, man. Uh, when well, I'm not going to say if. I'm going to say when your your theater is up and running. Man, you got to let us know. I'd love to come out there. Hell, if, if there'd be any kind of possibility we could actually host something out there, it would be great. Yeah, definitely into that. Just stay in touch, and I'm ha- happy to put you guys on the list for, for something. You know, if, um, if you want to come and see a Megaphone show or have y'all be in the Megaphone show, or you can come and see a Chris and Tammy show, which is uh, the show that Tammy and I do. That It'll be every Wednesdays at, uh, at 9.30, cool. starting uh, when the theater opens. And if the Kickstarter is successful then we're going to make that show permanently free for the rest of our lives. So, oh, that's um, awesome. Oh, awesome. Which we're super excited about. So not only is this, uh, not only is this Kickstarter, the, the, the biggest comedy theater Kickstarter that we've, that we found on their site, but we're also doing something that we've never seen before, which is we're just going to make one of our most popular shows just free until we die. Um, if the Kickstarter is successful. So, uh, more reasons for people to throw down on the Kickstarter. Yeah, that's really cool. That's really, really cool. Yeah, that is cool. Um, you also have a podcast, True to the Game. 
I do, yeah. Through the game is a is a sports project that I do. I'm a I'm a I'm a big fan of the New Orleans sports scene, and I'm a big pro wrestling fan. Okay. And I was just writing about it and talking about it so much that it just became it kind of spun off and became its own thing. So every Tuesday, I release a new episode of True to the Game. And while it is uh, it is it is all about New Orleans sports, it's it's less number crunching and win loss records and more just kind of have it's, it's more like like late night bar talk you know right um, it's more like fans uh, talking about what what the game instead of like oh so and so stats yeah like we talk about what anthony davis probably eats for lunch every day more <laughs> than we awesome. talk about more than we talk about how many blocks per game he has the, the answer is three bean salad that's it it is <laughs> it is it is it you know dude we got two scoops in this podcast now <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, I think uh, a lot of New Orleans sports fans are that way, though. I mean, I, I know, I definitely know guys who are all about stats and can quote. Yeah, you know, I always say it's it's so funny is some of the dudes that I know that like talk smack about nerds are the biggest nerds I know because they're sports nerds. Yeah, mm-hmm. like like they can tell you who was well, like on, on the Raiders in 1983, right? Like that, the starting that's, lineup. That's like, like the <laughs> that picture I found. It was it, it was like these guys playing fantasy football. Uh-huh. And they were like, fantasy football is just D and D for for that was jocks. Me. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, that's me, exactly yeah. what it is. I even sent that to Rusty, our friend, who's like a big, huge sports guy, and he's uh-huh. like, he's like, fuck y'all, man. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think the average New Orleans fan is though they're just about the Saints, and like they don't really know football as far as the the, the technical details. They're just excited about New Orleans sports because yeah. this this is at the end of the day, it's a sports town. It's a drinking town. It's a sports town. I love the foosball. <laughs> do you actually do you perform anywhere now, or are you just waiting for your theater to come out? Do you have been doing any uh, like? Is live... there an internet in around between the Ferret location and the Saint Claude? Or... Yeah, yeah. Like, have you been doing any other stuff around town? Well, our well, our current location is on uh, Burgundy Street in the Narity Triangle. We're at nineteen nineteen Burgundy, and we are still there right now. Like, we still have. Um, we still have shows there. There's a show happening last night and, and tonight. We'll be there through the end of the month, and then okay. we're going to probably move in July. Okay. Oh, okay. What kind of transition? I mean, are y'all going to have to like take a couple weeks off, or is it going to be a working transition? You know, uh, we're not exactly sure yet. We're still waiting for some for some certain uh, things to happen on uh, on the official side of opening up a, a location in the uh, in the city. And as soon as that happens, though, we're going to put the plan into motion, and we'll be very public about everything. Awesome. Yeah, that's okay. completely understandable. But in the meantime, you know, there's there's shows um, happening happening all the time. Like I, I was in the Megaphone show last night, and let's see, I'm pulling up a show calendar right now. It's almost here. Let's see, this upcoming <laughs> weekend, um, I'll be in the Megaphone show again Saturday at 1030. I'll be in a Friday 1030 slot. Um I mean, we're doing a big fundraiser gala at the Little Gym Saloon uh, one week from tonight, so Sunday, June 8th, and uh, there's a lot happening. Um, when it comes to things like the Megaphone Show, is there like a backlog of people who are so extreme narcissists who want to want you to tell their stories and improv? Uh, yeah, there's a little bit of a backlog, but we <laughs> um, because I think the show is just so much fun, and the key thing about that show is that it's very accessible because – 
improv is a hard sell for a lot of people because they they assume it's going to be super hokey and it's going to be uniforms and all these all this you know kind of um, nerdy stuff. And the megaphone show is is our way of showing people that it's that good improv won't be like that. So it's very um, it's very it's very fast, uh, fast when it needs to be, patient when it needs to be, and it, and the audience can totally see where we're co- like they see they, they they see what we're doing. They don't know how we're doing it because 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 uh, they're not performing, but they see what we're doing, and so it makes it a little bit more accessible. And so that's why I think that show is so popular. Where where uh, you you mentioned that you started doing it? Oh, well, maybe you didn't. Was it here or Austin that you started doing improv? Um, I started here a long, long time ago, and then I went to Chicago, and that's where it, that, that, that's where it really hit for me. Um, I did, went to Improv Olympic in Chicago, and I spent a summer there, and that's where nice. I super fell in love with Is it. that and, the one started by the guy who was like a big influence at Second City and decided he wanted to do like long form? Yep, Del Close. Okay, and that guy, oh, okay. I just heard about that guy the other day. He was apparently like an improv legend who died. Not too yep. long ago, really big time. Is that what you're more interested in, like the character-based long form? I mean, I understand yeah, the megaphone is a very different that's show. That's what we do for sure. We don't do any. We don't do any short form. It's 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 pretty much it's all long form as well as we do we do sketch comedy and stand up as well. But if you're seeing an improv show, you're seeing you're seeing a long form show. You're basically seeing think of it as a a, a play or Saturday Night Live with, with everything just improvised, just standalone mm-hmm. sketches. Mm-hmm. Basically, okay, as opposed to a game. See, that's what I was going to say. Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe you should explain to people what long form is because our, our, our. I barely our, know what long form like, is, yeah, dude. I, I have a know. little bit. Of, that's the thing. I'm, I, my life is basically me being an intermediate on everything. I know a little bit about cars. I know a little bit about computers. I know a little bit about like improv. But I don't. I know enough <laughs> to know what I'm looking at. I have no idea how to explain to you or how to, right. how to do it. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> um, well, I'm, that's I'm, the reason I was saying this because right. I'm, I'm sure most. Of the I'm people a horrible that are interviewer. <laughs> oh, I'm just saying most of the people who are listening, I'm sure, don't know what long form is. So, um, so would you mind explaining it? Um, N- well, not you. Oh, okay. Well, I was going to say I can explain it. It's a. Uh, it's the. Uh, it's the form you use if you have a lot of deductions at the end of the year. Oh, <laughs> oh, what an ass! No. What an ass! Oh no, Chris, would you? Would it was you, a jerk with a joke with purpose. Yeah, with, with <laughs> yeah. purpose. Would you? Would you mind explaining it a little bit so that the sure. people, the people so, who are listening would understand a little more? So basically, what happens is we just get on stage and we'll introduce ourselves to the audience. And then we'll just say, hey, we're going to do a comedy show for you when the lights come up. And the lights drop down and they come up and our performers look at each other. And then, they, and then someone says something and then the other person says something and they build a scene together that way. And it's, um, it's, it's, not as, it's, it's, it's not as difficult as it sounds the more you, the more you do it. And we have, very, uh, we have very talented, very seasoned performers who are just awesome. Who are just psyched to be good at it? Because that, that's a very difficult skill to not only do that to communicate with someone on stage, uh, but to do it with no script and also to do it uh, through the lens of comedy. So we're not just we're not just saying we we talk on stage and sometimes it's funny. 
we say it was always <laughs> funny. Like, 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 because you bought a ticket to come see a comedy show. So we, we will make this funny. Like, like we know how to do that. That's right. awesome. Um, Very now, cool. we, we haven't talked that before really at all about the fact that you don't just perform improv, you also teach it, which is one of the things you mentioned. It's, it's part of your Kickstarter is uh, selling classes for it. What percentage of your students are people who w- want to do comedy, and what percentage are people who just want to find uh, a more visual language or like like just learn how to talk more and be more improvisational <laughs> in life. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. It's it's it, it it's probably close to fifty fifty, and uh, I'll and, and part of that fifty percent of the people who want to do comedy, I say, discover somewhere in the middle of the classes that they want to do comedy. Um, in the very <laughs> beginning, in the very beginning, it's probably more like thirty five, sixty five. Um, you know, we, we we and we pride ourselves on that. So, like right now in a class. There's there's a like one specific class has a working actress in it, two young college students, a an older guy who is just kind of looking to have do something different, a <laughs> uh, a couple like in their thirties, you know, and 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 also like a a, a younger person who is like I want to do comedy for a living, and all those people are not only in the same class getting the same training, <laughs> but they also are all going out and having beers together afterwards That's and awesome. becoming best friends. And it's, and those people are going to put on an amazing show at the theater. And you would never, you would never guess it looking at them. You would never think that this is a comedy group, but that's just the way the new movement classes are structured in a way that doesn't matter what your end game is. We can all learn from the same, the, the same syllabus and, and we can all get along very well. That's really awesome. Uh, That's a good uh, way to look at things. This might be an uncomfortable question, but is is there anybody from that you've taught that you could see somewhere down the line being a like well known great stand up? I mean, without saying any names, of course. Oh, uh, of course. I mean, we've 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 had uh, alumni who have recently been on uh, Conan. Wow. Um, we've had alumni like all you know be part of um, get 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 pretty decent roles in. Uh, in and big in big films I, like there, there's a lot of people who are applying who are applying the material and uh, you know, a lot of our people are, are going out on tours you're just spreading their wings and getting a ton of experience and um, you know winning awards at comedy festivals there, there, there's there's a lot of um, of people like the 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 very very best people who have come through the new movement are very 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 talented. Not not just talented in our corner of the of the comedy universe. They are they are very talented across the board. Okay. That's very cool. nice. Very nice. I know a little bit about how improv classes work. I don't know. Uh, I'm so I'm curious if you just said a little while ago you knew a little bit about everything. So go ahead. <sighs> <laughs> Eat a dick. Anyway, yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm improving. See, so um, as I understand it, places like the Groundlings and I think Second City and what have you, you start off with like the bottom level classes, and then you have to work your way up. And there's like an exam where maybe you get to join like the main show that performs. Is is that how yours work, or, or do y'all function differently? Not exactly. We, we definitely have a different different vibe. We. Have, we very rarely hold someone back. It's it's happened 
only a few times, and it's usually for reasons other than, um, <laughs> uh, you know, other than uh, them not being awesome on stage. Alcoholism. Um, yeah, we, I mean, we, you know, there's, you know, weird stuff has happened. Um, I think weird <laughs> stuff happens in any arts community, you know. Yes. Um, and uh, but 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 th- there's not a there's not a real aud- like really intense audition process to get on our stage. A lot of our shows are done just via invitation. So we just okay. invite people when they are ready for it. And but we also several times a year we do have a casting where we. If you if you if you're at a certain level of classes, we invite you to come to the casting, and then we'll make pretty much uh, like practice groups for people, you know. And they, they they get assigned a coach or a director, and then we'll book them on we'll book them at the theater. And and that's the benefit of being involved with the theater is, uh, just for example, if you guys were to say, hey, we want to start doing comedy shows, you would have to figure out how, and assuming you don't have any experience. You would have to get together, get a meeting space. You should hire a director or coach, um, but maybe you don't. Uh, and you, but you probably should. Um, not that's not a comment on y'all, just a comment on anyone. And then you would have to rent a venue and worry about marketing and how to promote a comedy show. And what we do basically is all of that for you. You know, like you don't have to worry. We just try to make it as easy as possible for people to get on stage and and practice their craft. So when you take our classes, let's say you've been taking classes for for six, seven months, you come to a casting, you get put on a group, and then you basically are told like just when your shows are, and then you show you you rehearse and you go to your shows and. We just make it as easy as possible for you because we believe that nothing should get in the way of you practicing your craft because that's where our expertise comes in. And Very cool. what, what would you say is like if you were to pitch it to some, uh, your improv classes to someone who never really thought about comedy, much less improv, and isn't really necessarily interested in performing – but like so, like someone suggested they should take your classes. I, I I would say that really no matter what you're doing in life, the philosophies that make improv funny will also make you a better communicator. And um, you know you, you just it's a, it, you will absolutely just be a sharper person. Uh, but more importantly, you'll just be a better listener. And you'll be able to get to the point of your conversations faster. And you'll just, and perhaps, and perhaps actually most importantly is you'll just have a, a ton of fun because it's, it's basically, it, it's, it's just working your brain in a way that most people don't get a chance to do for two hours, at least two hours a week. And, and I, you'll, you'll, you'll just be more fun overall. Cool. Oh, Adam, that's like preaching to the choir there, isn't it? <laughs> Actually, Rob, I think either one of us, especially the part about getting to the point quicker, uh, I, don't, I don't think you have any more room to talk than I do. You know, you know Adam, you, you've had experience as a stand-up comedian. I, I wouldn't call it. I've, I've done stand-up twice. But you still have experience. I mean, you're more than anybody else. They, yeah. More yeah. than me or him. Well, I mean, I was telling you the other night when uh, our uh, – we did. well, yeah, we mentioned it on the 100th episode. Yeah, but, but we didn't mention it now. But, but uh, Remy D – uh, who's been on our show? She's a burlesque performer locally, with uh, Reverend Spooky Lestrange's Billion Dollar Baby Dolls. She she did stand up for the first time at uh, get this, Chris. Uh, she was asked to do it not at an open mic night, but at a roast with other professional stand ups. Yeah, and she actually okay. did pretty well. And I, but uh, beforehand, you know, she was telling Wayne, you know, I'd like you to come to the show because I'm nervous and I need. 
people there to at least fake laugh if if I'm yeah. not funny. And I was saying, you know, if she needs help running lines, like I don't think I'd ever be a great stand up because I'm missing one of the, as I say, four four factors in a good stand up. Yeah, being funny is the one. <sighs> <laughs> I gave you that. That was a good one. Um, but I, I'm, I'm pretty. I'm a pretty great critic, and I, I'm I'm pretty good at. I think I could make like help someone become a great stand up. But I'm personally, I don't have stage presence. So you know, which is. But that could be your stage presence, though. You can be that just flat kind of. Hey, my <laughs> name's Adam. You know. I don't know why we're talking about this, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I've done stand-up twice at open mic nights. I wasn't very good, you know, but whatever. It's not for everyone, you know. I get to be a coward and, and make my stupid jokes on a podcast. That's so. right. <laughs> well, I, I commend you for even attempting it, man. It's it's a tough gig. It really is. It is. Well, and, 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 and the like first I'll... time I did it was actually when I was in Arizona in Flagstaff, and the few people I knew, I tried to get them to come, and they were like, oh, yeah, man, we'll come out there. Nothing. And nobody else was doing stand up. It was I, they said open mic night. I didn't know if it was like comedy or music. So I walked up and I was like, "Is this is this music?" I saw somebody with a guitar. Y'all do comedy as well. They're like, "Well, we can let you do comedy." I was like, "Oh, uh, no!" I'm like, "No, no, no! This this will be fun for someone <laughs> for everybody else, but you." <laughs> you know, it's it's a pretty crazy like skydiving kind of. Yeah, I got, I, I really respect Chris for what he does because. Honestly, man, you know, like I said, being in a band for a long time, I couldn't get up there and do that. Even though I've played in front of lots and lots of people, I can't even get up there and do karaoke because it seems just weird to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? But if I'm up there with the bands, it doesn't. It's it's different. But if if but like if I'm going to get up there and do a karaoke song, I feel like an ass. I don't want to even be up there. Oh, we're doing karaoke song. <sighs> I, I'm the opposite. I, I I'm I'm humiliated trying to like. <laughs> do anything on stage but karaoke i'm like no i got this hey, you got there what was the song you sang <laughs> um uh eric church songs uh, no, oh, no, I, no i do no. a lot of matchbox 20 no you did um oh boy you did the disney song we were in savannah <laughs> oh a whole new world that was funny yeah. the entire bar was singing along with him while he was singing a whole new world it was it was freaking priceless <laughs> you gotta commit you know yeah, which you is did. a good lesson for improv you, you, you if you're gonna do it you gotta commit <laughs> so anyway, um, so Chris, where where are the what are the main avenues for people to find information about you, leading to the Kickstarter, to the new movement, you know, to like, true to the game, yeah, like a calendar, everything that you you know, so you can get in more involved with you guys. Yeah, the best thing is just to go to uh, the theater's website, which is tnmcomedy.com. That's t n m as in the new movement. Tnmcomedy.com will have. Uh, not only the calendar for the shows in New Orleans, but also um, the Kickstarter link is right there in the front. And um, and that's the best thing right there. You, you, from there, you can move on to our big annual comedy festival, Hell Yes Fest. You can see our summer intensive program. You can uh, There's all kinds of stuff going on. And as far as true to the game, you can just follow me on Twitter at Chris True, C-H-R-I-S-T-R-E-W. Or um, just search for True to the Game on on iTunes. If you if you're into New Orleans based podcasts, especially ones that cover sports in a fun way, then that's a podcast for you. That's right. That's right. Um, now, folks, uh, because we we record and then we we have to edit because we suck. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, because we record and and we we edit. 
this won't be out the day, you know, tonight. It'll be out hopefully in a couple of days. Yep, yep, a few uh, days. So y'all will probably have like a week left on your, or, I'm sorry, a week and a half left on your Kickstarter. So, um, you know, comedy Definitely is up. an important art form. Yes, it is. In so many ways. It's as, I'd argue, as important as music as far as like change, like it's changing the ways people think, mm-hmm. you know, and, and art. And so, Please donate to their Kickstarter. Go to go to tnmcomedy.com and find out about it. You know, and it's not like you won't get anything out of it. You, right. you know, they're great Kickstarter rewards, like such as classes and what have you, and shows. So, and if, if those people out there that say they support local, local art, local music, this is local. Yeah, no matter is, where you are, it, it's worldwide. Chance. I mean, it, it really makes makes a difference when you support somebody following their dream and trying to do something for everybody. Yep. I think that that's very important. I I love it. I really appreciate all the um all the all the help and getting the chance to be on your on your podcast. Oh, dude, oh, thank you very much. Man, anytime you want to come back on and just shoot the shit with us, you're more than welcome. Right. We we've tried to be a little more friendly to other local podcasts lately. We we've, we've spent the last guess year and a half just trying to figure out who we are and, and build an audience and we we seem to have done that yeah like, despite ourselves but <laughs> and uh but now we're, we're trying to reach out a little more and talk Cross to other people and get everybody you know get the community together basically love it but um, there you go but thanks for coming on the show man again man really appreciate you coming on um anytime you ever want to come on like i said just shoot the shit with us yeah you're more than welcome or if you got something you want to advertise just hit us up and good luck. Oh, yeah, the, good good luck on the Kickstarter. I mean, we we like we've said we've had friends that do it, and we know it's it's mine. Like like it's just so stressful. Yeah, like, yeah. watching that clock. But good luck. Yep, I appreciate it, y'all. Thank you for everything. Stay in touch. You welcome, right. man. Take yep, it easy. Definitely. Well, this All has right, been bye. the MHOG podcast. That's right. You're his host. I'm his host, Wayne. I'm his right hand man and sometimes his unfortunate like hetero wife <laughs> the cuddle bear and and I'm the rum guy and we'd like to thank Chris and remember to keep it metal metal That's it.